Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Covering every angle of Sunday's slate of football, this is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Mike Pritchard, live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Saturday of NFL action in Week 16. Merry Christmas to everybody on Christmas Eve. And, Michael, football and the holidays. It doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. Uh, I love this time of year. Uh, Certainly enjoyed it as a player. And now uh, uh, as we cover these games and find bets that we like to enjoy to make the games more interesting, Brady, great to be with you here on Christmas Eve uh, it wasn't too long ago when you were saying week eight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously. I Coming mean, up with all those rhymes. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be great in week yep, eight. Week 16 now. Uh, so that's a challenging one to come up with a rhyme for yeah, week just, 16. <laughs> you bet. I got into the double digits, and I had to ditch the rhyme thing yep. there to open the show. But uh, we do have action currently going on as we speak. The uh, Commanders at the 49ers in Santa Clara. This was a scoreless first quarter, and it looked like Washington was going to finally break the 0-0 tie. But San Francisco, a goal line stand for consecutive plays for Washington and it remains scoreless and then deep in their own territory on third and nine Brock Purdy handed to Ray Ray McLeod on an end around and he went 71 yards to the house to put the Niners on the board and up in the game seven to nothing then Purdy was intercepted now it was really more of a drop or a bobble by the receiver Juwan Jennings but ended up being a Washington touchdown with just 27 seconds left before halftime Heineke to Jahan Dotson from four yards out and we were tied at seven 
seven apiece going into halftime. Then the Niners get the ball to open the second half and Brock Birdie to a wide open George Kittle in the end zone from 34 yards out. And San Francisco was back out in front by a touchdown, 14-7 Niners. And I believe they just turned over Washington on downs. Washington was into San Francisco territory, went for it on fourth and very short. And I believe the Niners held there in the live market, Mike. Now, again, they're up 14-7 to in the live market. They are nine and a half point favorites. Thirty-four and a half is your total. Yeah, you know you have uh, unfamiliar opponents, if you will. I mean, outside your division, anyway. Uh, when you're looking at this matchup, and uh, you know Kyle Shanahan has been doing a lot to keep things easy for Purdy, but more and more tape is out there on Purdy now, and uh, you can see some of the challenging issues that happens to to players like that. Now, Washington, to me, uh, the intensity that they're showing right now and playing with right now, certainly the sense of urgency that way. Uh, Brady has been impressive. So uh, desperation spot right here for the commanders for Washington uh, in an interesting game, like you mentioned uh, with that line right now. Well, another interesting game going on right now as well in Arlington, Texas, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles trying to win this and lock up the number one seed in the NFC Conference. The Eagles started the game. They drove it right down but had to settle for a field goal. And then the Cowboys went on offense and Dak Prescott, a pick six by Josh Sweat, and it was 10 nothing Eagles early. And ever since then, Dak Prescott has been absolutely excellent in tearing apart, really, this Philadelphia pass defense. Uh, Dallas responded with two touchdowns, one by Ezekiel Elliott, another by C.D. Lamb, and it was 14-10 in favor of the Cowboys. Then Gardner Minshew, he snuck it in from the one-yard line, and the Eagles were back out on top, 17-14, midway through the second quarter. Then the Dallas Cowboys got a Brett Maher 21-yard field goal to make it 17 apiece, and then Philadelphia closed out the first half with a field goal of their own. They were up 20-17 at the break. A lot of scoring in this one, Mike, Mm -hmm. and they have just begun the second half. Yeah, a lot of scoring, um, which, you know, you have familiar opponents. And these two teams have flipped the backup quarterback situations, right? Uh, and Gardner Minshew's been okay, been steady. They're running the ball well, too. I think the Cowboys had a slow start. Uh, you see the mistakes or the mistake-prone Dak Prescott sometimes. And, uh, and then also Kellen Moore trying to get cute, too. But uh, they have so much firepower. We always talk about, well, you know, uh, why aren't they using more players, guys getting involved in this offense for the Cowboys um, and, and it's perplexing, uh, really, to be honest with you, Brady. So uh, the Eagles, they they utilize everybody. I mean, that's the the nature of this offense, and uh, they've been okay. Obviously, right now on the road here with this uh, with the score twenty seventeen, uh, a good situation with the quarterback too. Uh, Brock Purdy to George Kittle again. Mm. I think he has found his favorite receiver here. (laughs) Brock Purdy to George Kittle for another big score, a big catch and run by Kittle, and the extra point is up and good. It is now 21-7 in favor of the 49ers. The live line currently not up uh, off the board while they go to commercial here. We'll see if it reposts momentarily. Uh, But less than five minutes left to go in the third quarter, and San Francisco starting to pull away. Yeah, I mean, there's some talk about you know, the limitations of uh, Taylor Heineke, right? Mm-hmm. And, and at what point do they start to look at something else? And they might be getting to that point right now if you're Washington. But uh, some good news for the commanders, I guess, because, you know, you think about uh, what's happening across the board in the NFC, uh, and that gets interesting, right, from a playoff standpoint. So, uh, no, I, I think this is a desperation spot uh, for the commanders, Uh, And the play action has really worked and helped out Brock Purdy, too, uh, as they extend that lead here against the commanders. I I wonder uh, what the commanders are going to be going to do moving forward here uh, with with Heineke in that quarterback situation. 
That was a 27-yard catch and carry for George Kittle to go to pay dirt there for the San Francisco 49ers. Again, 21-7. to They are now out in front, and the live market pops back up. San Francisco, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite, and your total ticks up as well to 38-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. This game closed in favor of San Francisco by 6-and-a-half with a total of 34-and-a-half, and now we are above that projected total prior to kickoff at 38-and-a-half in the live market there. Uh, Dallas and Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles up on that one, 20-17, and they are one-and-a-half-point favorites, Mike. Yeah. They closed as four-point underdogs here on the road. I mentioned all the scoring in this one. Your live total is at 60-and-a-half. <laughs> kind of feels like that, but I, they'll probably uh, buckle down here. I mean, the halftime adjustments are everything, and you got teams like this, and uh, you, you wonder uh, from a halftime adjustment standpoint what will – the Eagles want to do with Gardner Minshew. Are they going to let him throw the football uh, and that kind of thing? Or are they going to uh, stay true by running the football to try to eat up time on the clock that way? Uh, keep Cowboys uh, and that offense on the sideline. You never know. But, uh, you know, going back to the other game, like what would you do here, Brady, with Dallas and, excuse me, with uh, San Francisco uh, and the Commanders? Because you have um, the, the 49ers with that defense, right, in the second half. And now you have a two-touchdown lead. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much Washington will be one-dimensional, I would think. Uh, they can run the football, try to keep them honest, but why? Uh, at that point, I think if you're the commanders, you're wasting plays. Well, they've got a lot of time left in this game, and there's mm-hmm. a nice completed pass by Heineke uh, on first and 10. That'll move the chains again. Uh, like I say, under five minutes left in the third quarter. And, and you're right, they do have a, ru- a good running game, but mm-hmm. the Niners are so good really everywhere, especially probably against the run. The secondary is maybe, if you had to find a weak spot in that San Francisco defense, maybe it's the secondary. It, yeah, I mean, especially earlier downs, like first down in particular. I mean, and that's what we just saw from the commanders, like a – uh, a first down, early down success that way, throwing the football when you get soft coverage that way. Uh, and I, from that standpoint, I mean, if you're the 49ers, are you going to try to change what you do uh, and allow the commander's space uh, to operate and throw the football? Well, Taylor Heineke just tested that secondary <laughs> and went deep and found Terry McLaurin, the incomparable Terry McLaurin, as our friend Gil Alexander <laughs> likes to say. Uh, I don't think they called it a touchdown, okay. but he is down, I believe, inside the five-yard line. And, of course, the live line comes immediately mm-hmm. off the board here. Uh, but I would imagine that the commanders are going to be back uh, to single digits as far as the live market is concerned here. And a lot of scoring in this one, too, Mike. Yep. I mean, you've got re- two really good defenses here. San Francisco, maybe the very best in the league. Washington not far behind. They got Chase Young back today, and it looks like pretty soon we're going to have 35 points on the board. Yeah, you like the playmaking ability of players like McLaurin. I mean, double covered and gets behind a safety for whatever reason. The safety squats and, and allows McLaurin to get behind him. And credit Taylor Heineke for recognizing that and throwing the football that way. A lot of times, younger quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are not very good, they won't see that safety squatting like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they won't take that chance of throwing the ball up. But we know Heineke to be a gunslinger uh, that way, but uh, he's moving this team. I, you know, I, I wondered if Rivera was going to uh, make some changes because they did make waves earlier in the week about Carson Wentz and all this stuff. Right. And, um, but you know, with 21 and seven, and now you're moving a ball on this drive with an opportunity to score. Uh, Heineke is certainly buying time uh, here on, on in this game right now. And he did just throw a touchdown pass to Terry mm. McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin, the big recipient yeah. 
on that drive on second and goal from around the six-yard line. Haneke had a lot of time to throw the ball, finds McLaurin again, and that makes it 21-13 to pending the extra point here in Santa Clara. Philadelphia starting to drive the ball into Dallas territory around the Dallas 32-yard line, and it is second and long, and Minshew will find his receiver. Not a lot of defense being played on Christmas <laughs> Eve in either of these games right now. Uh, that can uh, move the sticks for the Philadelphia Eagles. They keep the drive alive, and they are now two-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market, and I haven't seen if this extra point has been attempted yet by Washington, still 21-13 in San Francisco. Uh, you know, there's a lot about Brock Purdy, obviously, mm-hmm. the last three weeks, and Jimmy Garoppolo being injured, and, of course, Trey Lance being injured early in the season, and then you go to the third stringer, Mr. Irrelevant, all of that stuff, but... I saw a play out of him today that made him look well beyond his rookie years. When he threw that first touchdown pass to George Kittle, he looked off the safety and then found Kittle at the last minute. Like he knew he was always there, but he was looking left the entire time and then just at the last minute went over the middle and found Kittle. And that really looked like a veteran move out of Purdy. Yeah, you know, uh, Purdy, for who he is right now in his career, he has been impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, I go back to the play caller and this offense, like, uh, and I often talk about this, you know, can quarterbacks play above the X's and O's uh, of a play, right? Um, You know, looking off a safety or manipulating a safety, like we say, like we like to call it in, uh, or even a linebacker, getting those guys to move or, or, um, or, or squat or do something reactionary that they're not supposed to be doing, that's playing above the X's and O's. And, you know, if Purdy is doing that, then he absolutely uh, he is further along in his development. Yeah, just the one minor mistake today off mm-hmm. the hands of Jawan Jennings. It turned out to be an interception, probably not all his fault entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the extra point is up and good for Washington, 21-14 San Francisco, and the Commanders are now a 7.5-point underdog in the live market. We get into the Saturday recaps next as we continue on the Pro Football Blitz. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's really Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lace up your cleats with BetRivers Online Sportsbook and gear up because it's college bowl season. Log in to BetRivers every single game day to receive a bet on behalf of BetRivers when you place a wager of at least $25. BetRivers has all the latest lines, odds, and boosts to create the perfect college game day experience. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action. It's a whole new game. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you here on Christmas Eve Saturday in the NFL. And Gardner Minshew and the Philadelphia Eagles find the end zone again on fourth and two deep in Cowboys territory. Minshew fakes the handoff and rolls to his left and finds a wide open Devonta Smith. It is now 27-17. The Eagles back out in front by 10 points. And they are five and a half point favorites in the live market. Your live total, Mike, all the way to 64 and a half. <laughs> so things haven't changed as far as the scoring goes here early in the second half, about nine minutes left in the third. Yeah, fourth down play, too. And uh, you think about the aggressive nature of Sirianni right there. And, uh, you know, the Eagles cement the number one seed with one win in the final three games. And why not do it now? I mean, they got Mm -hmm. the momentum. The halftime adjustments have been great. Uh, You know Dallas is going to hover around the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was a great play call. But uh, the design of it was great, too. But I I think the execution of it was even better, the way that Gardner rolled to his left – uh, as if he was a running option, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know why the Cowboys were caught sleeping that way, uh, but uh, great call uh, and great execution there from Gardner Minshew. I did not see how it happened, but Washington <laughs> just kicked off to San Francisco after their touchdown, Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke to Terry McLaurin, and San Francisco's all the way into a goal-to-go situation. First and goal in Washington territory now, and now third and goal as the yeah. first two play sputters there. You did you happen play. to see it? Yep, I did. You had a big play, Purdy threw it to number 11. Oh, Brandon Ayuk. Um, yeah, Ayuk. And uh, run after the catch was phenomenal. But the route to, to get open uh, was great. Uh, so you're catching Washington, taking some chances on that side of the ball. Because I, I don't look at Washington as a, as a man-to-man cover team. Mm-hmm. But they got caught in man-to-man coverage right there. And 
great route, uh, nice ball, too, from Purdy. And uh, you did the rest. Uh, I got down, and I think they're inside the red zone, like you mentioned, right? Yeah, yeah. they're uh, inside the 10-yard okay, line yeah. facing third and goal. Uh, an injured Washington commander player on the field has gone to a TV timeout, but San Francisco now down to a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in the mm-hmm. live market. When they had a first-and-goal situation, they were 12-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites. Your in-game total, boy, really ticking up here like crazy. Again, it closed 34-and-a-half, and now in the live market all the way to 48-and-a-half. Dallas with the ball back on offense, and they are facing a fourth-and-one that they are going to go for here on offense, Mike. Seven-and-a-half yeah. minutes left in the third quarter and they're in their own territory at their own 35 yard line Dallas going for it on fourth and one very interesting decision by Mike McCarthy and company here and it looks like they're going to get it with Ezekiel Elliott around the right side get it and then some as he moves the chains and Dallas continues on offense trailing by 10 points that live line is currently off the board as far as the spread but the live total at 64 and a half yeah did you find opportunities this week in terms of the nature of backup quarterbacks? Like, for instance, the 49ers commanders uh, pre-fought, what, 37 and a half was a total mm-hmm. pregame, uh, pro- predominantly because you have backup quarterbacks. Going, well, right? and really I mean, good defenses. Really good defenses? Okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes uh, when you're not familiar, you know, you have that one week or a couple days to prepare for, you know, some team like that. Uh, that, that gets interesting. I was just wondering from a total standpoint uh, if – because half the NFC is backup quarterbacks right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, I wonder if there was opportunities, obviously, from a total standpoint, if you, if you recognize that at all this week. Yeah, maybe, you know, you could argue that it's easier for defenses, mm-hmm. you know, because you're playing a weaker quarterback, but maybe more difficult for defenses because they don't have any tape on the guy. <laughs> right. Now, the commanders, that was a part of my handicap. I actually did land on the commanders plus seven points, mm-hmm. uh, and that was a little bit part of my handicap there, that uh, there was a little bit of film out now on Brock Purdy, and I thought he was kind of due for a, a letdown game. I mean, he'd been so hot in his first two starts. This is probably the best defense he's faced all year, and I thought maybe he would have a slip-up. Now, he had had the one interception again not completely his fault but mm. otherwise he's looked very very good yeah one of the things that I try to focus in on to this time of year is um like the coaching or the play caller like because you know you pretty much know Del Rio is a vanilla style defensive coordinator you're not going to take too much too many chances he's blitzing and all that it's not him it's more about that defensive front uh, and how was Kyle Shanahan going to be able to man- manipulate that or it could he Right, um, and so far he has been. The run after the catch has been phenomenal. If you notice that, like the the shorter plays, getting the ball out of Purdy's hands, obviously conscious of that pass rush uh, or the ability for the pass rush to get there from the Commanders, uh, and then the deep balls too, like you mentioned, uh, by manipulating things. Uh, if that's the case, there, uh, if you can get safeties to settle, and we're seeing that in both games right now uh, uh, from from teams that are just excellent with play calling. Uh, excellent with uh, the adjustments that are available to him as well. Well, Dallas uh, has now moved the ball inside the 30-yard line of Philadelphia, and the Eagles drop to four-and-a-half-point favorites in the live market. Your live total takes a tick down as well to 63-and-a-half. Michael, let's get into some of the recaps. Mm-hmm. What we saw on a Saturday that contains 10 games, I believe it is, and we're not done yet. Of course, we have the Raiders and the Steelers coming up Saturday night football for your Christmas Eve from Pittsburgh. We will start in official Nevada rotation order with the Giants at the Vikings. And this was a dandy. Interesting to note here, the Giants came into this game applying to a 950 
and two against the spread road letdown situation based on their division game upset last week over the Commanders. Now the Vikings got on the board first with just three and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Another questionable roughing the passer call, Michael, that allowed Kirk Cousins to find TJ Hawkinson for a 12-yard touchdown, and it was 7-0 Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings went on offense again after forcing a Giants fumble, and they turned that into three points, and it was 10 to nothing Minnesota. Daniel Jones and the Giants, they finally responded with a four and a half minute uh, with four and a half minutes left in the half. A 10-play better than five-minute drive ends in a Jones to Isaiah Hodgkins touchdown, seven yards out, and it was 10 to seven in favor of Minnesota. And that's how the first half would end. 10 to seven in favor of the Vikings. Now the Giants received the second half kickoff and they went right away into an eight-play drive for a Graham Gano field goal to make it a 10-10 game. And then New York forced a Vikings punt and Gano knocks another one through the uprights. 13-10 G-men with four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. Next series, Kirk Cousins intercepted and the Giants are back on offense again. They were dominating this third quarter. But Minnesota gets the ball back in less than a minute to go in the fourth quarter. Cousins to Hawkinson again, this time from 15 yards out and it was 17-13 Vikings back out in front. If the third quarter was New York's, maybe the fourth quarter would be the Vikings. They were Giants were driving deep into Minnesota territory, and Daniel Jones throws his first interception in the last five games. Patrick Peterson gets the turnover, and the Vikings go back on offense once again. Now the Giants' defense holds, turning Minnesota over on downs, and Big Blue had the ball with just three minutes later on the clock at their own 44-yard line and under nine minutes to go in regulation. Then it was Graham Gano again. He bangs another one through, this time from 54. Five yards out, 17-16 Minnesota. Six and a half minutes left to go in the game. Then with four minutes to go, the Vikings block a punt and take over at the Giants' 30-yard line. Cousins to Justin Jefferson from 17 yards out, and it was 24-16 Minnesota. Giants come back the other way. Two minutes left on fourth and two from the Minnesota 32-yard line. Saquon Barkley busts through the line and scampers all the way to pay dirt. Two-point conversion is good, and we were tied at 24. Crazy finish to this game. Minnesota now less than two minutes to go, needing a field goal to win the game. Four seconds left on the clock. The Vikings send out Greg Joseph to attempt a 61-yard field goal, and he nails it with about a yard to spare. Vikings survive yet another one-score game. They are 11-0 in one-score games this season. 27-24, your final. Giants take the loss, but they do get the cash. Minnesota moves to 12-3 on the season. The Giants drop to 8-6-1, and and this game goes over the total. Yeah, how about that? I mean, from a betting standpoint, too, Brady, this was one possession game written all over it from yeah, the start, right? right? Uh, and, and so there you go. Uh, it lands 24-27. Uh, uh, Interesting game, though. Uh, and the Vikings, they're winning with all three phases. Uh, I mean, That's one right. possession game. Got it done games. with special teams yeah, today. Yeah, and okay, film study. Uh, Gillen uh, dropped a punt. Dropped the ball last week, right? He just dropped flat out the punter for the Giants. Just right. dropped the ball. Yep. Uh, and then tried to double kick it or something like it was a penalty anyway. So you're watching tape. You're like, hey, we can get a block uh, on there. So how about the timing of the block punt right there because of how slow the punter is for the Giants? Uh, and that really cost him. I mean, when you think about these type of games and one possession games and, and, okay, the Vikings, they can move the ball. We know that. I think Kirk Cousins has elevated his play. Uh, and, and understanding the nuances of this offense and some of the throws that he's making uh, is really, really incredible. Uh, but no panic nature of the Vikings and, uh, you know, a, a little slip screen to Jefferson to get into field goal range, which is 60 yards now. Uh, how about that? 
Uh, but no, the Vikings prevail and they win. And I, I, from a playoff standpoint, I, they they are becoming dangerous. You know, I know the defense is still not where you want it to be, uh, but having confidence from a game or a team that is comfortable, highly comfortable in one possession games, uh, I think you can back that. Yeah, you don't necessarily want to get into a shootout with them. Right, they're, right. they're pretty good at those. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have to put them away early. Uh, the Colts tried, but that didn't work either. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco held to a field goal on that last goal-to-go situation. They are, they are up by 10 now, 24-14. to 14. They're 9.5-point favorites in the live market. Dallas adds a field goal as well, trims that Philly advantage to 7, 27, 20. Philly back out to a five and a half point favorite in the live market. We'll be right back with more in just a moment. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN is the gift that keeps on giving. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber for only $79 and get access to everything we do from now through the big dance. Sign up today and you'll also receive $20 to buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. Only VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. This is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift and get VSIN Pro access through the end of March Madness. It's all at vcin.com slash subscribe. More action in both of these games that we're watching here on a Christmas Eve Saturday. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you. The Dallas Cowboys turn over the Philadelphia Eagles. Gardner Minshew muffs a handoff and Dallas looking to tie this game as they trailed by just seven points and it looks like they have now gone into the end zone. And who was that there, Michael? Gallup, Michael Gallup into the end zone. Gallup's into the end zone for the Dallas Cowboys, and an extra point is up and good, and we are tied at 27 apiece, and uh, that happened awful fast. It looks like Philadelphia was going to uh, pull away here. They got a 10-point lead once again, but right back to a tie ball game there in Arlington, Texas. On the other side of the country, San Francisco in Santa Clara adds another field goal to make it 27-14 over the Commanders. They kicked a field goal on their last play, and then Tyler uh, Taylor Heineke, the first play from scrimmage, Nick Bosa comes off mm. the edge, knocks the ball loose and up into the air from Heineke's hands, and one of his cohorts along that defensive line, Willis, is able to come down with it for an interception, setting up San Francisco uh, deep in Washington territory. They end up settling for a field goal, 27-14 in favor of the 49ers right now. We are into the, thir- into the fourth quarter, rather, less than 13 minutes left to go in regulation here and the 49ers currently a 12 and a half point favorite in the live market Dallas back into the role the favorite right. in the other game at two and a half points uh, as the home favorite there in the live market yeah the Eagles electing to throw the ball a little bit uh, with Minshew which is working out um, but then you know you got to handle the quarterback center exchange right I mean you can't let that happen and, and hurt you that way uh, Bosa on the other side has been incredible all year I just don't understand why if you're Washington why you would be that deep and then do like a play action Mm -hmm. Uh, because you're taking the way the ability to protect uh, with that play action on the front. I mean, you're holding linebackers and safeties, maybe manipulating that, but a edge guy like Bosa, he's getting after the quarterback. You would like to have two people on him or a chipper if you could, especially if he's lined up on your right side, which could be a weak link uh, up there up front on the offensive line, but big play there. Great play by Bosa. Uh, to generate that turnover. And again, you tack on three more points. So that's really a win for Washington, but they're up against it because now they're going up against that defense with this type of lead now. 
Yeah, two straight wins, yeah. really, for Washington, holding the 49ers to field goals on their last two trips into the red zone. But uh, they do trail currently by 13 points as San Francisco kicks it back to Taylor Heineke and company coming here on offense pretty quick. Let's get back into the recaps from what we saw on Saturday, and we go to Cleveland. The Saints at the Browns, 21 below zero, the wind chill in Cleveland today, and uh, nothing but zeros on the scoreboard after one quarter of action. But the Browns did get a big punt return, and Deshaun Watson ran it in from 12 yards out to begin the second quarter, and it was 7 to nothing Cleveland. The Saints had a goal-to-go situation before the half, but they could only get a field goal, and we went uh, into the locker room with the Browns up on New Orleans 10-3. to New Orleans then would capitalize in the third quarter. Taysom Hill rushes it in from 8 yards out, and we were tied at 10 apiece. Under 3 minutes to go in the third quarter, Deshaun Watson's pass is in and out of the receiver's hands and into the defenders mitts for an interception. Saints on offense once again deep in Cleveland territory. They turn that into an Alvin Kamara four-yard plunge and it was 17-10 to New Orleans out in front for the first time all day. Final minute of the game. Browns are driving to try, it, to try and at least tie the game down by seven. Fourth and ten on the Saints 15-yard line and Deshaun Watson is sacked and this ball game was over. 17-10 to New Orleans wins it. They win outright as three-point underdogs and the game stays under the Total. The Saints moved to six and nine on the season. They are tied with the Panthers for second place in the NFC South, and Cleveland drops to six and nine in the AFC North. Yeah, really incredible uh, game right there. First of all, for the game coming up later, a little bit later, uh, when you got the Raiders and the Steelers, that's a stadium with really frigid temperatures next to water. Right. Uh, this game is a stadium frigid temperatures next to water. Uh, and you saw the field, and you saw uh, the effects of that game. So the wind chill uh, is real when you're next to the water. So is the moisture. Uh, it's misery out there. So that total it goes way under. I mean, like you're looking at, what, 32? Is that, what, 27 points here? Uh, and, you know, you had interceptions and things setting up scores that way. But uh, it was one of those games where, I, you know, maybe just the under was the play all along. I, I didn't have a play in this game. I don't bet on the Saints anymore because <laughs> 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 I can't get it right with them. Uh, any game that they're involved in, I, I just stay away with this from from the Saints. But um, they, they capitalized on on some certain situations out there. And um, you, you wonder from a Brown standpoint, you, you know, Deshaun Watson – He's looking better, but then not really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it's going to take him a full offseason. And, uh, you know, I, I was optimistic about the greatness of, of Deshaun in the, in the past that he could accelerate his development this year. But, no, it's going to take a full offseason uh, for that guy to to even get near the level that he was at well, a couple to, years ago. Uh, Two turnovers for Taylor Heineke in his last two possessions. We talked about Nick Bosa dislodging the ball up into the air for an interception. That turned into a 49er field goal. And Jimmy Ward just intercepted Taylor Heineke on Mm. this next try after the 49ers field goal. And they're reviewing it right now. It might be a pick six. Ward went down to the ground, and it did not look like he was touched. Fred Warner, his defensive teammate, blocked the player out of the way because he recognized that Ward had not been touched yet. uh, Ward did run it into the end zone. They're currently posting 33 points on the board for San Francisco, uh, but it looks like it's under review. Of course, all scoring plays, turnovers are reviewed. Uh, As far as I could tell, he was not touched down to the ground. Okay, yeah, I thought Heineke was buying some time, too, with that one touchdown drive to start the second half, but 
uh, the two back-to-back -back turnovers now. Uh, <laughs> there, here comes Riverboat Ron. I think he's going to make a change here at quarterbacks. Um, but they called him down. Uh, yep, yeah, I guess rolled down by contact or something. I didn't see the entire play. But, yeah, you're up against it now if you're the commanders. I mean, good Lord, your season uh, was on the line. It is on the line, like in terms of the playoff picture and – uh, it could have really helped yourself, but look at those costly turnovers, back-to-back -back drives here for Washington. Yeah, it is uh, not ruled a touchdown. The yeah. call is reversed, so San Francisco does keep the ball. The interception for Jimmy Ward of Taylor Heineke, and they are on offense once again. Once again, deep in Washington territory, they are now 15.5-point favorites in the live market as they lead this one 27-14. We mentioned Dallas tied the ball game up with the Philadelphia Eagles. They are back into the role of the underdog, however, as Philadelphia has the ball currently on offense with just the fourth quarter about to begin in Arlington, tied at 27 apiece, and Philadelphia is a 1.5-point favorite in the market. Uh, Mike, two very entertaining games going mm -hmm. on here right now, and we've got one more left that we will preview a little later on in the program. That is the Las Vegas Raiders going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers and the Franco Harris game. Uh, I'm sure he was probably a hero of yours when you were oh, a yeah. kid. He was he was one of the first players I really remember watching as a real young boy, and I, I remember just discovering football at whatever I was, four, five, six years old, and the Steelers were the deal. Yeah, Franco and Lynn Swan and Bradshaw and Mean Joe Green, Elsie Greenwood, and, and that was my first love as far as football was the Steelers and Franco Harris. Yeah, well, I didn't love the Steelers because um, my brother was a Cowboys fan, oh, and so oh. he <laughs> He had influence on me, so I, yeah. I grew up a Cowboys fan and, and Tony Dorsett fan, uh, right? And um, so I hated the Steelers, but respected the game, respected Franco and uh, all of his accomplishments and, and what he did for that franchise and certainly what he's done for the National Football League. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of emotion inside the stadium because mm -hmm. I, I think the fans uh, will be in, in support uh, of the Steelers and, and certainly Franco. Um, and you wonder how the players for the Steelers are going to react to all that, right? Uh, and a lot it, of them weren't alive when, well, when Franco was so playing. So the energy from the stadium, though, is what you feed right. off of, though, right? right? I mean, there, there's some relationships that Franco had with some players, and uh, that emotion maybe feels something. But the energy in the stadium is what I'm talking about and focusing on that the Raiders are going to have to make sure that they're ready for. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's going to be highly emotional. We know that. Uh, but the energy, though, is is something that I'm curious how the Raiders are going to handle that. Well, they will still retire his jersey. How ironic that they were set to retire his jersey on the 50th anniversary mm -hmm. of the Immaculate Reception game, the playoff game played against the Oakland Raiders, and something that bothered John Madden till the day he passed away uh, was that very controversial play. Uh, and how ironic that Franco Harris passes away just a couple days before uh, that big night he was going to have there in Pittsburgh. Uh, the Washington Commanders defense holds San Francisco to yet another field goal. Mm -hmm. So that's three straight trips to the red zone that San Francisco has been held to a field goal. So the defense doing their job, but Taylor Heineke, two straight turnovers on his last possessions. We'll see what he does this time. A third chance for him to redeem himself and get Washington back into this game. Currently 30-14 to 14 in favor of the 49ers. They are 15.5-point favorites in the live market. We continue the recaps when we come back. A wild one in Carolina between the Panthers and the Lions.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And it's... Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN, the sports betting network. Raise your tequila and your game. Join the Taste of Victory Challenge presented by Sin Coro Tequila and compete for your free share of $15,000 in total prizes. Enter this three-part prediction pool series and make your hoops predictions to shoot for a share of cash. Head to DraftKings.com slash now to get in on the action. Sin Coro Tequila, life well played. 21 years and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly well the uh 
Washington Commanders have not given Taylor Heineke another chance to redeem himself. They have gone to Carson Wentz, who's back in the lineup for the first time in quite a while and actually driving the ball downfield on offense pretty effectively for the Commanders here as they trail San Francisco 30-14. to The Philadelphia Eagles moving the ball as well, but a nice patch to A.J. Brown, and he gets hit in the knees, and he is down on the carpet there. They are taking a look at A.J. Brown to monitor that injury situation there as that game remains tied at 27 apiece. 30-14, to San Francisco out in front of Washington. Looks like they're reviewing a catch here uh, by a Washington commander's receiver to see if he was in or out of bounds. But, Michael, earlier today, the Lions at the Panthers. This was quite the matchup and had a lot of betting talk going on into the week. And you recall from the uh, Pro Football Blitz last Sunday, Mm -hmm. I was talking about this situation where an underdog that wins outright – and then goes into the role of a road favorite. That's exactly what the Detroit Lions had done. I said it usually doesn't work out too well for those teams. Well, it did not for Detroit. The uh, high was 31 degrees in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, on Saturday at game time. And by the way, Jared Goff, 5-9 and nine against the spread in his career when playing in inclement weather, either cold rain or snow or what have you. Cold, extreme temperatures. Jared Goff, just 5-9 and nine against the number in his career. The Panthers, they received the opening kickoff. They ran their way to daylight all day long. They rushed the ball for 83 yards on that first drive and it was Raheem Blackshear capping it off with a 7-yard touchdown run. 7-0 Carolina. Sam Darnold then ran it in for the Panthers to make it 14-0 with 9.5 minutes left in the second quarter. And at this point of the game, Carolina had already rushed the football for 164 yards. Make it 21-7 Carolina behind a Deonta Foreman 4-yard touchdown plunge. And with 2 minutes left in the half, the Panthers had now rushed the ball for 203 yards on this Detroit defense. And the Panthers' defense, they kept forcing Detroit to punt. They added a field goal as time expired in the first half, and it was 24-7 Carolina at the break. More Panthers in the third quarter. Sam Darnold to D.J. Moore for a 47-yard bomb that set up a first-and-goal situation. Darnold to Moore again from five yards out, and it was 31-7 Carolina. Detroit, they finally found some rhythm on offense late in the third quarter. Jared, Garda, or Jared Goff rather to Shane Zylstra again, this time from seven yards out. Two-point attempt fails, and it was 31-13 Panthers. The Lions outscored Carolina 10-6 in the final quarter, but at that point it was too little too late. The Lions were never really in this game really the entire day 37 to 23 your final the Panthers win outright as home underdogs they are now six and nine on the season tied for second place in the NFC South division the game sails over the total the Panthers they sent a franchise record with 320 rushing yards this afternoon Chuba Hubbard had 125 Deonta Foreman had 165 Sam Darnold 15 to 22 for 250 yards with a touchdown no interceptions total domination by the Panthers over Detroit. Yeah, 7-0 and ATS in the last seven games. That was Detroit. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. 7-1. <laughs> yeah, 7-1 and Panthers 1-5 yeah, no, <laughs> ATS in the last six games. Uh, uh, you know, it's fascinating when the Panthers blew their opportunity last week uh, and then the Lions blew their opportunity this week. Uh, one common theme for me as a better, because I was on the Lions, I'm staying away from the NFC South. <laughs> Period. I'm done with them. Yeah. The Saints, the Buccaneers, all of them. Atlanta, even Atlanta, one of my former teams, as a dog, even. I mean, the teaser standpoint, maybe. But, um, oh, gosh. I, th- 
I, I, would I like never Carolina imagine. today. Did you? I, because of that situation, Detroit well, hasn't been a road favorite all year. Yeah. And it was just, you know, kind of the same situation why I didn't like Carolina last week because they were in the role of the favorite. I think some teams, you just can't necessarily handle that assignment, if you will. Well, help me understand that because as a better, I can't understand how. Expectations. Well, but see, I, as a player, Brady, it's like expectations are supposed to be on your side, though. Like, you. If you're Detroit, yeah, we're a favorite. So what? We're better than Carolina. Like, but they didn't. But play they were probably great. getting pretty fat and happy. You know, like you said, seven and zero against the spread. Yeah, they I'm, totally turned their season around. They I'm were, trying they to were understand. A little, I think they were a little bit elevated. Obviously, more so than they should be. I'm trying to understand fat and happy when you're supposed to be confident and you're supposed to be. Well, uh, a team getting ready for the playoffs that, from a betting standpoint. like. But then you see, you know, that you're a favorite. You're supposed to win this game. It's mm-hmm. the lowly Panthers. They're five and nine on the year. That's and, hard. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's just uh, it, it's it's human nature. It's very difficult, I think, to I mean, if you could think of yourself as the underdog week mm-hmm. in and week out, it would probably probably be helpful. But when you have so much success, that's, I think, how you get a little fat and happy yeah, and possibly I, overconfident. I'm trying to understand because that's I, I had trouble with this from a betting standpoint. Like, because as a player, there's there's no way to think of yourself as an underdog. I mean, I, I mean, even even if you are an underdog, you're still confident, right? Well, still, I think there's kind of the chip on my shoulder yeah. uh, mentality versus you know the the big favorite mentality. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, like we, we we look at some of these great quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers as a, as an underdog. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. Tom Brady is an underdog. They they have tremendous records in that situation because they're like, really, you, you, you're disrespecting me. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and, I, and I'm not saying they actually have they go through that conversation, but I, but I think you <laughs> yeah, know, that, I don't that's recall part any of the conversations thinking. like that. To be honest with you, but I, the Lions they didn't execute today. Defensively, they didn't show up. I mean, they got manhandled. Offensively, right? they couldn't do anything. Yeah, either. turn like golf turnover, but so. That's what I look at for like, okay, why did the Lions, how did they, what happened to them to not be able to execute or make mistakes? Uh, and is that something in their nature? I mean, from an ATS standpoint, 7-0 ATS in the last seven games, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think that. But again, road dog, road favorite for the first time mm-hmm. all year. So from a betting standpoint, uh, I'm trying to learn my lesson on that because I, I love the Lions today. Uh, for a lot of you other weren't reasons. alone, and I know a lot of sharp people that like the Lions too. Yeah, I think there was. I, I think the public was pretty heavy on the Lions, mm-hmm. but I did know some very sharp people on the Lions as well, and I think there was a lot of sharp people on the Panthers as well, especially catching the three points. So, like from a handicapping standpoint, should the Lions have been a dog then? Well, no. So that's what I'm saying. It's like how do I mean my numbers? I think my numbers came to one and a half okay. in favor of Detroit. Right. And I did make a bet. I actually teased Carolina from two and a half to eight and a half. See, and yeah, and that's probably what I should have done. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that there's no way the Lions should be a dog in this game. In this game, but um, I don't know. I sometimes because I, from a betting standpoint and a former player standpoint, I'm really having a difficult time about the full fat and happy thing. But it's real, though, right? I mean, I, I think well, it's part of. Uh, I mean, this. Is, let's remember, this is a team that started out one and six. Mm-hmm. You know, are right. they really good enough to be favored on the road over anybody? And and I think we. I mean, you can also look at their standings or their position or you know current status in the NFC. And I know some people would argue that they're the fourth or best, uh, fourth or fifth best team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe maybe it's a little early on that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I the mean, defense just, still obvious. I mean, look at how the, they, <laughs> they were gashed for 320 yards on the ground today. Yeah, you wouldn't. Every think time a, I looked up, it was a 20 yard plus gain for the Panthers on the ground. Yeah, you wouldn't think a, a team like the Lions uh, and the, how they're coached would would allow that to happen unless they revert it back to some stuff. But I I, I couldn't understand what, what I was watching. To be honest with you, it was just a lot of mistakes being made uh, by the Lions in that game, though. Carson Wentz delivers. He comes into the game and throws a touchdown pass. I believe that was Terry McLaurin. No, Jahan Dotson maybe for the uh, Commanders, but uh, they are back on the board uh, after Taylor Heineke turned the ball over on two consecutive possessions. It is now 30-20 to in favor of San Francisco up there in Santa Clara, and the Commanders are going to go for two here uh, to try and make this an eight-point or a one-score game uh, down in Santa Clara, and the Philadelphia Eagles are on the board once again as well, I believe it was Devonta Smith who got in, and, uh, got in and hauled in a Garter Minshew touchdown pass to make it 34-27. to All kinds of scoring in both of these games. We've got 61 points on the board in Arlington, Texas, and 50 on the board in Santa Clara. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you wonder if the commanders are running out of time. Uh, what They still have three timeouts, about 525 left in that game. Uh, down 10 now because of two-point conversion. I mean, Bosa... Uh, is everywhere uh, in this game. Uh, left side, right side, it doesn't really matter. Try to block him with two people, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the guy is just wrecking uh, the commanders in that game right now. Uh, and then the Eagles defense is trying to step up as as the Cowboys for some reason. Uh, here they go again. Uh, just the one-dimensional aspect that uh, Kellen Moore wants to get into and just throw the ball all over the yard, even though you're only down a touchdown here uh, at home. I mean, you still can run the football. You still can uh, do some other things out there, but let's get in shotgun uh, and let Dak Prescott just throw the ball. But now you're playing into the hands of that Eagles defense a little bit, though. Yeah, Prescott facing third and 20, and he's going to go deep, and it mm. looks like he completes it. Wow. Under Great eight catch. minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, and Dak, a big bomb to move the chains on third and 20, down by seven. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 